Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. What's up, y'all? It's 2K Baby, and I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastard. I be thinking about my sister. Oh, my granny know I miss her. No, I'm gonna go back and get her. Get her, I think I can get her. Mama t- All right, y'all, so we got the coolest 2K baby with us off the porch, back on the porch with us. So how are you feeling? I'm feeling great, man. I appreciate y'all having me here, man. Again, second time here. Feel good, I always see familiar faces. Now, you said this is, it's been a minute since you've been back in the ass, so how does it feel coming back and being here? I ain't gonna lie, I feel good. Like, like I said, coming back on this side, seeing like just a lot of black people and shit, like, it feel good. Like, I've been on the West Coast for a while, so like, you know how that shit be. Like, <laughs> it's cool, but like, after a minute, it's like, damn, like, you burn it out. So it's like, I feel like I should have stayed on this side so I can keep that like kind of a vacation. Like when I go out there, it feel like, now when I go out there, it don't feel like no vacation. Like as soon as I touch now, I feel like leaving. Like, so on the West Coast, would you say it's like a place where you really just like go and visit, but not necessarily stay and like make That's what life? I would tell people to do. Like, but I didn't do that. I went out there to visit like two years ago and just got caught up. And I was like, I'm st- go back for what? I'm like, what well, I'm ready to go back for what? I'm in Cali, like I'm in LA, like. Damn, so when you first went out there to the West Coast, was this when your career was already like emerging? Yeah. yeah. And so going out there, you know, you're an emerging artist, like was the lifestyle hitting you real fast? It was, it, it definitely was. I'm seeing stuff I ain't never seen. I mean, when I first came to Atlanta, I was seeing stuff I ain't never seen being from Louisville. But then when I went to LA, it was just like a whole nother level. Like, in Atlanta, okay, it's like real nice houses and you know, pools and all that. You know what I mean? Then you go to LA and it's like super nice houses, like super big pools and elevators and yeah. bowling alleys. And <laughs> in the house though, like, you feel me? So it's dope being out there. Plus, you know, you can do stuff that you can't. Like in my city, for example, like in my city, like I ain't never tried to skateboard or none of that. Cause, cause one, like it's not something people do in my city for real. And then two, like, it's just not a place you can do that. Like you try skateboarding in my city, going down the street, you ain't gonna make it to the light. You know what I mean? So being out in LA is just an environment where you can open your mind up and try different things you ain't never get to try and just see more life for real. So I like I like being out there though. I always love when artists get to like experience new things and then experience life outside of the environment that they've always mm-hmm. been in. Like, yeah, you learn new things about yourself that you didn't know you weren't able to learn. Now, the last time you came here was like two years ago. So I know a lot has changed for you. So just talk about the different changes that you've been going through. Um, honestly, I really been, I feel like my life has changed a lot. I mean, the music's kind of the same, honestly. 
you know, as far as like what I've seen in the industry. I mean, I'm seeing more stuff, but it's not like too different from what I seen when I came in. You know what I mean? When I first got in the music industry, I adapted to a lot of things very quickly. But like my actual life, I feel like that's what's really been changing. Just cause like as time goes on, like everybody, it seems like their assumptions get bigger and bigger. You know what I mean? Like people don't know what I, I could have been doing. I could have been chilling for the last two years. You know what I mean? But as time go on, once you get into this lifestyle, people just assume more and more and more. So, mm -hmm. you know, a lot, a lot of people changed, learned a lot about friends and family. I've grown a lot as a man, honestly, like now. I've been in the industry for two years. So when I first got in, I was just focused on, you know, just rapping, you know what I mean? I mean, it's still my focus, but you know, like now, I didn't learn a lot and seen a lot more in life. So like now I'm like really like trying to like get in tune with life, like grown man stuff, like really like figure out about life, honestly. It's hard to explain. No, I know exactly. If you kind of get what I'm saying. I know exactly what you mean because mm -hmm. like for instance, you as an artist, you have so much going around you. Like it's dang near impossible for you to be in tune with yourself. Yeah, like two years go by and I'm like, damn, like I ain't even really like live like got in tune with life for real. You know what I mean? That's why I really, that's like, for example, that's why I say it feels so good to come back here. Like I came back here, I, like I did this interview, I'm doing this interview, I'll do another interview tomorrow. But really other than that, I ain't even been in the studio since I've been here. I just been with my family, with my siblings, you mm -hmm. know? So just catching up, just feeling like me again, regular old me. You know? Have you been on like a self-discovery type of journey lately? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you said that, yeah. Really? Been. Okay. I've been Talk on that probably like that. um I've been on that probably for like a little bit over a year now, honestly. I really kinda got into it. Um it's open something I'm opening up about. I ain't never really opened up about this, but I had a very bad problem with mushrooms. So I had started getting into mushrooms and that and that was just like opening up different parts of my brain, you know what I mean? Make me think differently and see life differently. And then, but I don't mess with that no more. But even after I stopped doing that, like it's still like once you experience that, you can't like unexperience it. So it's like I still just wanted to, like you said, discover more about life. You know, I wasn't really tripping about discovering that much about life at first. I was pretty small-minded, but now my mind is so open. I want to learn everything. I want to see everything. So as far as the mushrooms, you know, they do. I mean, it's a psychedelic, so it does open up like your brain in ways that you never imagined. Yeah. So your experience with the mushrooms, what would you say was like a trip that you had that really made you discover life? Like, oh my God, this is really happening. All right, so <laughs> I feel like um, I had a lot, I had a lot of trips on that. Cause I was, like I said, I had a problem with it. Like for real, like I was really like living off that like every day. Like shrooms every day? Every, like as soon as I wake up, like I couldn't even leave my room without being off that, you know? But um. I feel like my craziest trip for real. I remember one time I had I had went to um, I went to Vegas for the first time. I just went with like some of my big bros and stuff for their birthday. You know, I went out there. And I think I did like I want to say like a half. I think I did like a half or a zip of shrooms in like a day. And we was on the strip. I'm with like all, all the old head big homies. You know what I mean? We on the strip. They you know they gambling. I ain't gambling because I wasn't even old enough. You know. But I'm tripping out from the shrooms. And we standing in the middle of the casino, but I wasn't, like I was there, but mentally I wasn't there, because I'm seeing, while we in the middle of the casino, I'm in a backyard, and I'm looking at like a pool, like a, a 
like a swimming pool full of like money and blood. You know what I'm saying? And there was a whole bunch of money. At first, I was like, dive right in there. You know, I'm wrecked. You feel me? Then I start seeing all the blood on the money, and I'm like. And this is your trip. Like, this is how your trip is going. Yeah, this is what I'm seeing. So I'm like, dang, like, I want to get that money, but that blood all on that money, it's like telling me something like it's not good money or something. Like, it's not worth it or something like that. I don't know. I, it was something, though. I, I just knew it was trying to tell me something. And then my big bros is tapping me like, you good? And I snap out of it. I'm like, bro, take me home. I got to think. I go back to the crib. I'm just thinking, like, what, what did it mean? And, like, what I took from it, though, I feel like it was trying to tell me, like, all money isn't good money. For real, for real. You know? So after that, I, I just moved different after that. I was moving very different after that. Wow. Mm -hmm. But I done seen a lot, though. I see, like, I be seeing, like, um, you know, like, loved ones that have passed and stuff. That was a big reason I was on it, too, because I was dealing with grieving, and I was going to see them and talk to them. So I was just get high until, like, they start popping up outside my window and stuff. You know what I mean? Wow. Um, so being, with that being said, like, the mushrooms were helping as far as, like, a cope with your grieving processes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was going through, I was, like, really depressed. I was really depressed, and the shrooms was just helping me get to a state to where I was like numb, to where I wasn't feeling that pain, so I could walk outside my room and do what I gotta do throughout the day. You know what I mean? I might have shades on, so you can't tell how high I am, but I wasn't hurting. You know what I mean? Uh, numb. And you know, I know that depression looks different for everybody, so what did your depression look like for you? What do you mean? As far as like, I would say the symptoms, cause I kind of deal with depression too. So mm -hmm. I know like my depression, like I literally feel like paralyzed in the bed. Like I can't move, I can't think, like I just, I can't mm -hmm. shake it. So what would you say yours look like? Um, some days I, I, I sit in the bed. You saying like while I was with messing with the mushrooms or you saying like? It could be just current anything. Honestly, like since I got off the mushrooms, I had to adapt. Because, like I said, I got used to living off of that. I got used to using, I got used to using that to feel motivated to get up. You know what I mean? So after I got off the mushrooms, I, I feel like my depression got even stronger because I had to, like, motivate myself now. I can't just use no drug to just get rid of it. You know what I mean? Like, I got really pep talk myself. You know what I mean? I got to stay on top of, like, even my diet and make sure I'm eating right. I got to take vitamins. Like, everything got to be on point. You know what I mean? Because, like all the chemicals and everything in my body got to be on point so I can, you know, my mind can be right, you know. But um, like I said, I had days where I sit in the bed. I have days where I just pace around the house. I have days where... Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime 
and start experiencing entertainment like never before. I don't even got no license. I'll get in the car and just drive. <laughs> I'll just drive for three, four hours, like by myself, you know. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Like my team hates me like even going out and about by myself, but I just get in the car and just drive. Just be driving, just like trying to drive away from it, you know. But you know, got to go back to it. So. Right. Um, has it ever got to the point where you felt like you couldn't make music? I mean, like, yeah. Every times, every, every times where I make, I might not make no music for like months, honestly, you know. And then there's like even times like my songs. I be talking about so much in my songs. It'd be hard for me to listen to my music sometimes, you know, because like I could be in a great ass mood and we get to playing my music and I'm gonna get sad and depressed and just won't go to sleep. You know what I mean? I'm like turn that out. I can't. I'm talking about too much, you know. Like I get emotional sometimes when I'm recording because I'm really like talking about like. For real, like stuff I don't even want to talk about. God, you that's know? so deep. I'm like glad. this is okay. really deep. But no, that that wow. I'm sorry, I I'm kind of getting a brain fart because what you said was like really deep. So I'm like processing it. Yeah, but, I try not. I try not to like be with all that sentimental shit though. Like, no, I'm always telling my people like, this ain't Disney Channel. My niggas know like, that's my favorite line. I tell my niggas, boy, this ain't Disney Channel, but bro. Y'all better stop real, that soft ass shit. It's real life though. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people, like you have a lot of fans. You also have a lot of younger fans. And I feel like with this generation, mental health is like a big thing. Like- It's everything. We got social media going on. Like it's, this is like when you take care of your mental health the most. Mm -hmm. And I want to give you your flowers for just really taking the time to go into a self-discovery because at a certain point, you know, you can only do certain things until you have to get real with yourself and be like, okay, do I want to keep coping like this or do I want to just like suck it up and do it the healthy way, the right way? What had really did it for me, like, what had like, got me to get off of that. My um, father had passed, and when my dad died, I just knew like, the route I was already on, cause like I said, I was already taking like, I'm doing like a half zip, zip of shrooms a day, every two days, you know what I mean? I'm calling the doctor every week, pull up to my house, you know what I mean? It was bad, I had my crash days and stuff. But when my dad died, I'm like, all right, boom. Knowing how much I'm already taking right now, in order for, for me to cope with this, I only got two options. Either I'm gonna have to double up on what I'm already doing and do like, I'm gonna be doing two zips a day or something like that, or I'm gonna have to just stop and like really face this shit. You know what I mean? Cause like, like I said, another reason I was taking it is cause of other deaths. You know what I mean? Not my father, but other deaths I've dealt with in the past. And like, when your high come down, you still got to face it again cause you never really faced it. You just ran away from it. You know what I mean? So when my dad died, I was like, All right, I got to face his head on, or I'm gonna just be running away from it and coming back to this for years. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, let me stop. Do you feel like it was 
due to it being like your dad is probably the reason why you were like, okay, I really gotta face this head on. Yeah, if my dad didn't die, I'd probably still be on mushrooms right now. For sure, for sure. But that shit was already killed me though. I ain't gonna lie. I might have been the first nigga to die off mushrooms though. You think so? I know so. I know so. What's like this? Okay, so the after effects of the shrooms. What would you say is like this, the after effects that people don't talk about when it comes to that? Um, I mean, I don't know because I can't speak for everybody. I don't mm -hmm. know how. I don't, like some majority of people, like normal people, gonna take like a three five shroom, like take one three five or some mushrooms every few weeks just to turn up with their friends. Like people ain't doing it like how I was doing it. Like, the rate I was doing it, that's just a fungus, you know what I mean? Right. So, like, when you intaking all the mushrooms, that fungus is going to build up in your body until your body rejects it. So I'll have, like, a crash day, like, once or twice a week. And my crash days, I'm just, like, really just laying in the bed or I'm in the shower just throwing up all day, throwing up all the fluids in my body and stuff. But that's, like, for real, for real, like, if you're asking about, like, side effects, like, the, the cons of the shit, mm -hmm. like, that was probably the worst con for real, them crash days is hell. And then, like I said, other than that, just when your high come down and that shit just hit you hard, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Then you just even more depressed than you was before. And you gotta, and it's just like the thought of just feeling weak, like, damn, like, I need this shit. Like, this shit got control of me, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, do you, is it safe to say that you feel a lot more, this word sounds so head-ass, but do you feel a lot more powerful, like, you could conquer your emotions without being on the shrooms now that you stopped? Um, honestly, like I said, I'm still in the process of bouncing back from that. Like, I ain't took mushrooms in probably like six months, mm -hmm. but I'm still in the process of getting my, my mind and my body in balance. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't say I feel like super powerful, but just the thought of knowing like, I quit that shit, you know what I mean? Like I cold touch, that makes me feel powerful. Like knowing that I, that I did that, you know what I mean? But I'm still in the process. Like I don't, at this moment, like I still don't feel like my mind is on point like it was before I had started taking that, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so I was watching one of your interviews and you spoke on how when you first got into the industry, like you almost lost your mind. Mm -hmm. So if you want to talk about it, we definitely can because I want to know your perspective on what you meant by that. Um, it was just a lot for me to have to adjust to because um, like before, the music, before music started working, like I didn't feel important, you know what I mean? I felt invisible, you know what I mean? I wasn't, um, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like I just, I was never really super social, you know what I mean? So when the music started working and shit, like, it like forced me to have to be social, you know what I mean? So. It was just a lot for me to have to adjust to, for real, for real, just having eyes on me all the time. And, and then on top of that, it just kind of messes with your head because it's like, okay, I'm popping now. Everybody says they love me and they treat me like I'm important. I'm supposed to believe I'm so important, but in reality, I know if I wasn't doing music, y'all wouldn't care. So am I really important? So, that shit fuck with my head. I'm like, damn. I just miss, like, sometimes I just miss the days where, like, everybody who was around me, I knew they was around me because they loved me. They weren't benefiting shit from being around me. You didn't, I didn't have to question nobody's intentions because there's nothing they could have gained from me. 
you know what I mean? If it was around me, it was around me because you wanted to be. And now it's like, I don't know nobody's intentions. So how do you, I would say basically like when it comes to the people around you, like how do you go about just like trusting their intentions? Do you use a lot of your discernment or how do you go about that? Um, I got, there's multiple, like there's multiple little kind of like checkpoints or little checks they got to get past. Like I pray a lot. I talk to God a lot. So, you know, of course I'm going to talk to God and ask him to give me any type of sign, give me an answer on anything, you know, and then, um, my big bro YC, he took me under his wing when I was like 13, so I trust his judgment to the fullest, for real. Like, I damn near don't make a lot of decisions without him, so, you know, I usually ask him, you know, about how he feel about this person or whatever, you know. And then um, three, you know, the third is just, I just look at, okay, like, I've known this person for how long? What, what have they done since I've known them to give me a reason to trust their judgment or take their word for anything or depend on them. Have they shown me anything? You feel me? Have they shown me any flaws? Is there anything I peep that I feel like can grow over time and be something down the road? I'm gonna be like, damn, I knew I should have. You feel me? Mm -hmm. What do you feel like the craziest sign that God showed you when it came to people? You said the craziest sign? That God showed you when it came to people. <sighs> That pool of money I told you about. I seen that pool of that pool of money, pool of blood money. Mhm. Mm and what would you say is like the pressures that come with this life? <sighs> pressures. My biggest pressure is just. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. Nothing to show for it at the end. You know what I mean? Going through all this, making all these sacrifices, losing all these people, losing all this time. And at the end, not feeling like it was worth it. You know what I mean? I'm not bigger. You know, that's what really gets in me. Yeah. And in this moment, with all of the success that you've had over the past two years, how do you feel? I feel blessed. I feel blessed. You know, I could very much be in the same predicament as, like, you know, a lot of people I know, you know. I could still be in the hood. I could be, I could be rapping and not getting no attention. Nobody know me, you know. I could be dead. I could be in jail. You know? I'm blessed. I'm only 21 years old, so I can't complain. I can't complain. It's about what I do with it. And I don't want to put him on blast, but I'm definitely going to do it. Brandon, <laughs> uh, we were listening to your music, and he was like, play that some days. And he was like, yeah. I listen to that every time I feel like I'm going through something. And just to know, like, of course him and a lot of other people have said that your music has helped them get through a lot of things. Like, did you ever feel like your music would make such an impact like it is now? I, I, no, I never did, honestly. I didn't. I didn't even even expect to be making the type of music I make. You know, I was rapping. 
I like really like rapping on some like MC stuff. But the voice that you know God gave me was like really out of nowhere. And then you know I went from rapping to people telling me I got a beautiful voice. I'm like, you know, I've been smoking black since I was 13. You know, I don't even deserve to sing like this. You know? Really? Oh God. So, oh, you blessed. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you blessed. And I ain't, I ain't bust my first note singing until I was what, seven, 18. Wow. I just started singing. Like, my family will tell you, like, my granny will tell you, like, I wasn't that kid walking around the house singing. I wasn't, I wasn't doing nothing. I wanted to ask, do you have, like, a church background, like, where? I was in church, but I wasn't singing in church, no. I always feel like the people that just got that impact, they is church. Like, whether you was just sitting in the audience or whether you was in the choir, whether you was playing drums, like church. I was, I was, more, I was more heavily in the church, like, as I was younger. Mm -hmm. I, I ain't going to go there and cap you down. Like, I was just at church, like, all the way up until, like, you know, I started veering off and got distracted, you know. But I always, like, came back, though, you know. I always came back. I remember I was, like, I think I was 16, I was like 16 years old. And I had gotten into like, I caught like a little petty case for car hopping or something like that. And then I think I had, um, had a little pregnancy scare or something with a little girl I was messing with. And I remember I wasn't even going to church for real at the time. Uh -huh. I remember the pastor number, you feel me? And I called him, I told him to meet me at the church. God, I got to talk to him. I went up there and just told him everything I was going through and we prayed about it and things worked out. Right wow, what did he say to you? Was he just like, how did you call him? Were you like panicking or you was like, oh my God? I mean, I didn't want to scare him though. Uh -huh. So I wasn't trying to like panic, you know. I was just like, yo, like, when you got time for me, meet you up at the church so we can talk. You lived a lot of life. I be telling people, well, I only tell people this because one of my hairstylists is like real, like a spirit type of person, you know, like mm -hmm. she don't even come, she won't come to my house and do my hair cause I got snakes at my house, you know what I'm saying? She, don't, she got like all the little sh sh like rocks and stones and she, but she told me while she was doing my hair, she was like, she was like, it's your, like, your third or fourth time being here on earth. I was like, damn, I was like, that's crazy cause I, I, I felt like tired my whole life. Like, like I've been here already, you know? Oh God. I remember I was like 12 years old, pulling my hair out, just stressing. Like, why am I 12 years old? 13, 14, like so fucking stressed, like as a kid, like, like I'm old or something. Did you have a lot of responsibilities put onto you when you were younger? Uh, like, I say like before 11, cause um, when I was like 11, I got, split up like with my pops and shit. They sent me to just stay with my mama. It was like mm -hmm. a no contact order from like 11 to 18. But before 11, I was back and forth between my mama and my daddy house and I had, over my daddy house, I had two little brothers and two little sisters. So, you know, I was taking care of them, you know, just trying to be a big brother. But I was still a kid myself, you know what I'm saying? But after 11, when they sent me to live with my mama, and my mama, like, my mama had me and my little sister, and she, like, did her best, like, you know, like, she did her best, like, for real, like, like, we wasn't, like, shit wasn't terrible, shit definitely could have been worse, you know, but at the same time, like, 
I always, I, like, I, I knew, like, I didn't have as much as the other kids, though, at the same time, though. You know what I mean? So, but I wasn't the type of kid to want to put that pressure on my mama and be asking her, like, you know. I'm like, I'd rather just go try to get it myself, you know. And my mama was always, like, my mama always kept it real with me because she didn't want me to get old, like, get older in the world, like, just knock me on my ass. So she always kept it 100, like, like, we ain't got it like that, like, you know, like, we got to be on point. You got to be on point, you know. She made me get a job when I was 14, you know what I mean? Oh, wow. But I, I, I like, always was losing jobs, you know what I mean? Because I was the type of nigga, you know, you know. Plus, I always felt like I, I was better at getting money outside of jobs. So I was, right. I, I was always doing some bullshit so I, so I would get fired so I can go a few months and get back on my own type of hustle until she get to nagging and be like, you got to get the job again, you know what I mean? Right. But, um. You know, I was just trying to, you know, I wanted to wear the clothes and shoes the other kids had. I wanted to have the, I wanted to have the newest iPhone, not, you know, boom. But, uh, uh, Did you ever get to experience like a childhood where you were able to, you know, hang out with your friends, like ride bikes, play? Yeah, yeah, when I, when I, so, when I like, when I was like 13, 14, like, that's when I like started, you know, veering off, you know, what not really, the ball is life phase was kind of over with. Oh, you, you was know. playing basketball? I wasn't like playing basketball like for my school or like for no AAU team, you mm -hmm. know, AAU teams, that shit costed money and shit like that, you know what I mean? Like a nigga might play for the YMCA or something like that, you know, but I ain't play for my school or nothing like that, but I play like, you know, with my friends outside, you know, at the park and shit like that. But like 13, 14, like, that's when I like started less sports and shit, you know, a nigga didn't really make the high school team. So I'm like, all right, fuck basketball. You know, I'm gonna get some money. So then after that, like, I was just outside. We would go steal bikes for fun. We would go car hop and shit. We was doing a lot of shit. But I was really, I'd say I was the nigga out of my squad that was really focused on getting money the most, though. You know, I'd bullshit with my friends and shit and just be outside on the block and all that cool shit, you know. But when I wasn't doing that, I'm getting some money. Them niggas still bullshitting. You yeah. feel me? So I'm, I'm doing whatever, get some money. I sell fake watches, you know. I mow the whole neighborhood, the whole neighborhood's grass. But I only mowed neighborhood grass one time, cause like, <laughs> cause I, I mowed everybody's yard one time and then nobody called me back ever again. So. Really? Was you, what was you doing? Was you mowing it right or they was just like? It's like thir 13, 14 pushing them on. I don't know what I was doing. I cut it though. How much did you make uh, mowing the lawns back in the I day? I probably made like, like $400, man. $500. I probably made like four, 500, but I, like I said, I only did that once. Cause nobody ever called me again. Really? Wow. But I had like a booster too. I had this booster, this old nigga named Eric. <laughs> he used to pull up in this van and uh -huh. he had like all the fake Michael Kors watches and the fake Michael Kors everything, and fake true religions and shit. And I would get like some Michael Kors watches for him. If I buy one watch, he'll sell it to me for 60. But if I buy multiple, he might knock it down like 50. You feel me? Maybe or 45 or something like that. And then I used to sell it to niggas for like, just depending on the nigga, like maybe 120. If you like a goofy nigga, and I know you really trying to fit in, and I can tell you got some money, like you feel me from your peoples or whatever, I'm gonna text you like 180, $200. Dang, how old were you selling like the fake True Religion watches and stuff like that? Oh, my course watches, I was like 15. 
I used to sell Kool-Aid gummy worms too at school. I would buy gummy worms from the dollar store and, and little uh, plastic bags and Kool-Aid pack. I'd go to the crib and I'd put like 10 gummy worms in a bag and a pack of Kool-Aid in there and a little bit of sugar and zip it up. And I'd make a whole bunch of bags and let them sit overnight so it like gets sticky. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Mickey and the, and the Kool-Aid packs getting the gummy worm. Uh, take them to school the next day and sell out a bit. Like a dollar a bag. You was really hustling, like. Yeah. You was really hustling. So let me ask you this. Okay, so you know, being that you had to fend for yourself and work like little jobs, when you became an artist and now you're touching like a crazy amount of money. Were you recklessly spending it at first, or you was kind of strategic with it? Um, damn. I was, I was strategic, reckless type shit. So you was strategic? I don't know. Nah, I wasn't. <laughs> I ain't gonna, all right, boom. I remember like when I first got my money, first thing I did is like buy like, I bought like 12 chains. But it was for my niggas, it wasn't for me. I got all my niggas chains. And then after that, I remember I moved my granny out of her apartment and put her in, put her in like a, a complex for like, you know, retired people and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Shit, I remember I had me a house car. I was buying clothes every day though. I used to go to the mall and get fly every day. And then I'd go to the bank and take out like, maybe like a nick or a dime. And I just go to the studio, fly with a bunch of money on me, just record. <laughs> it was just dumb shit. I ain't gonna lie. But honestly, though, but I, but at the same time, like I said, I wasn't just blowing money because, like, now that I think about it, like, it's a lot of shit that I didn't buy. You know what I mean? That I could have bought. You know? Well, what is what is some stuff that you like? Dang, I really should have got that when I, you know? Nothing. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> but. I spent, I, honestly, I spent a lot of money on my niggas, though. I spent more money on, like, my family and my niggas than myself, honestly. Like, swear to God, I definitely can say that. Really? Um, when it comes to that, do you ever be like, dang, like, because I know people probably ask you for money, like, every time you probably wake I up. I suck at saying no. Really? Yes. I, like, damn. <sighs> That's why I hate when people ask me because I know I'm gonna say yeah. <laughs> I'm be like, well. So have you said no before? Or it's kind of just like, ugh. I ain't gonna lie. Sometimes, every now and then, I might say no just to see what a person gonna do, just to see if they gonna throw down the drain all the times before I say yes. You know what I liked when I heard about your story. I liked that you talked about how you really didn't make no excuses when it came to you coming out and actually pursuing your career. You were using your own money to get into the studio and record yourself. This is, where you heard that? You heard it in an interview? Yeah, I heard it during one of your interviews and you talked about how um, 
you basically was using your own money to yeah, get so, up in the studio. So basically, like, yeah, that's how I started off. I was scraping together my own money, going to the studio, boom, boom, boom. And then, I, like I said, my big bro YC took me up under his wing when I was like 13. So I remember I had booked a, like an eight-hour session at um, his studio on 21st and Broadway. And I told, I told him to slide through. But this is before he really like took me under his wing. This is like when he first like, it's like when we first started talking and he was mm -hmm. just trying to see what type of young nigga I was. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, big bro, pull up to the studio. I, got, I booked myself a session. He like, all right. He pulled to the studio. I did like, I don't know, like four or five songs. And I booked an eight hour session. He was like, damn, this young nigga is like, booked an eight hour session, you feel me? And he's young and knocked out this many songs. He's on point. He coming prepared. Like, and how old were you when you were doing this? I was 13. 13? 13. Might have wow. just turned 14. Wow. I think it was that summer. Cause my birthday in the summer. But yeah. So after he seen that, he was like, he was like, look. He was like, I see like you really like putting your all into this shit. Like a lot of young niggas want to do this shit, but they don't care. They not taking their quality serious. You know what I mean? They not coming prepared, like, you know what I mean? So he was like, I see that you doing that, so, you feel me? He's like, I'm gonna take care of the music shit, just keep rapping. So after that, YC start paying for my sessions and he paid for like my music videos and paid for my first music video, actually. First music video I ever shot. Wow, wow. So, dang, since you started at 13, what was like some major lessons you didn't have to learn with this game? What do you mean? As far as like how to move, how to navigate, and how to carry yourself as an artist. Um, don't have too many people in your ear, other than like the ones that, you know, you consider their opinion, you know, mm -hmm. ones that have shown you before, like, one, their opinions out of love, you feel me? Yeah. To stay true to yourself, because like how you start off is very important. You know you don't want to start off not being true to yourself, because then you gonna you gonna build a fan base of people that don't even really love you for you. So like down the road, once you start really figuring out who you are, it's not gonna be the same. They're mm -hmm. not gonna they're not gonna take it in the same way. You know what I'm saying? Because right. it's not. You know what I mean? So like I said, stay true to yourself from the jump. Now, just diving into your music, and you know, you make what they would call like pain music. So with that being said, how would you describe exactly what pain music means to you? It's just how I feel, honestly. Like, it's just how I be feeling. This is my life, honestly. I do want to ask you, out of all of your songs, which ones did you make where you were at your absolute like lowest? Like songs that's out? Mm-hmm. I had a song, I got a song called Drowning. It was the first song on my EP, on my first project I got. And uh, I wrote that. I was in Atlanta. It's like, 
I moved to Atlanta after I graduated out of mm -hmm. high school. And I, I was going through a time where I was just like really down bad. I was staying in this one bedroom apartment um, off, uh, what is it? What's that street we just came off of? Huh? When we got off the E-Way. Industrial? Fulton Industrial, Maplewood Parkway. It's, a little, it's right around the corner, matter of fact, where I was staying there. Mm -hmm. And I had my little brother with me. Cause like I said, 11 to 18, like 17, 18, it was a no contact with my pops and like everybody on that side of the family. But when I got older and I, you feel me, moved to Atlanta, I got back in contact with them. So my 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 little brother, I took him took him in, you know what I mean? Cause I, you feel me. So it's just me and him in that apartment. I remember the rent was like four hundred dollars. It's like before I had like. I wrote this song like before Old Street. And it, was, it like, was basically just you and your brother and you were taking care of your brother and y'all were in the apartment. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I remember um, I, had, I, had, I, had wrecked, I had wrecked my car and I had just parked it somewhere because I didn't have the money to get it fixed at the time. And, my, and then it got towed. Like I just came back one day and it was gone. I didn't even know where it was at. And I found out where it was at, it was at this lot, and I needed this much money to get my car out. But I didn't even have enough money to pay the $400, you feel me, for the, for the apartment. So me and my little brother had called a uh, mega bus back to the city. And like, we had got some weed and shit, like, and then hopped back on the bus. I ain't gonna lie, we got a pound. Got back on the bus with a pound. Took it all the way back to the A. Took it back to that apartment. And then, but my little brother, like, that's just my little brother, so I, I ain't really, never really expect him to do much. But I'm waking up every morning, throwing like a seven and three, five in my sock and just walking to the closest gas station. I'm not even from here, from me. Walking to the closest gas station, selling weed. Meet random niggas just selling weed on my feet. Got all the weed going, got my car back, paid a little rent. But I wrote that song during that time though, cause I was like really drowning. Like, I'm like, damn, like I'm not even. It's different if I was at the crib, back back in the city. I'm in the A. Car gone. I don't even got no money to get home. I don't got money. Nothing, like in a one bedroom apartment, like ceiling caving in and shit. Like, wow, your story is so. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Crazy, like... This nigga know, though. He was dumb. He pulled up. <laughs> hey, Bo, Bo was over there, motherfucker, oh with me. Oh, my God. On everything, he was over there with me. Now, I did notice that you have only dropped, like, two projects. So every time I look at the comments, the fans is like, they want more. So talk about what you got coming up as far as your music this year. I'm gonna drop another project, um, Scared to Love. I'm gonna drop that. That'll be my next project. That's gonna be like, honestly, I feel like best music I ever made to this day. Like, it's just like really deep shit, like real, like the best pain music. I'd have ever made is better than the pain music I had on pregame rituals. 
first quarter I had a couple of pain tracks, but first quarter was more just showing I was versatile, doing everything, you know. But Scared to Love is gonna be like honestly the best pain music in the game. I ain't gonna lie. What would you say is like the time that you've really been putting in with this new project that you're gonna drop? What you mean? Say it again. That's sorry. <laughs> um, so as far as this new project dropping, what would you say is like the time that you've really been putting in, like the emotions that you've put in with this project? Basically, like the creative process with this. My everyday life as of the past year, like just really talking about everything has been going on. I ain't even talking about too much shit in the past, nothing. Like, I'm just really talking about, like, what I got going on, like, in my life, like, for real, like, every day. Like, that yeah. shit's just real. Like, it's, I ain't gonna lie, it's like a movie, damn near. Like, I'm listening to that, listening to that shit. I'm seeing everything I'm talking about. And is this one gonna have any features, or are you just this straight solo? Uh, I don't know. I don't know yet. I'm still, um, you know, getting the track list together. So I got features with people, but I don't know if I'm gonna drop them separately or, you know. Now, are you gonna be dropping any more music till the project comes out? Or are you just gonna go straight to nah, the project? No, for sure. Like, definitely. That's been my biggest thing as of like the first day of this year. I ain't gonna lie, like. I woke up, matter of fact, I didn't even wake up first day of this year. I didn't go to sleep. We went to a party. Me and my niggas had went out to a New Year's Eve party. Um, shout out my nigga Mickey, too. That was my nigga Mickey, Mickey the Gambler's party, boom. We and uh, we teed up or whatever. And then we went home. We went home probably like three in the morning. Both my niggas, matter of fact, no, it was more than that. I had like probably three, four niggas with me at the time. They all was knocked out. But I was laying in my bed like, okay, boom, like we had fun tonight, we turned up and all that, but I'm just like, I ain't really, we ain't really turn up how I really want to turn up, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, this year I got to work harder. I got to go harder. So next new year, I can really go crazy how I want to go crazy, you know? So I didn't even go to sleep. I woke my niggas up. I woke him up. That's my videographer right there. I woke him up. Like two hours later, I let them sleep for like two hours, but I never went to sleep. I was pacing in my room. I woke him up. I said, come on, let's go shoot a video. Like six in the morning. Went and shot a music video. Next day, we shot another music video. Two days later, we shot another one. I dropped like four music videos in January, just on YouTube, just putting out songs. I'm like, fuck it. And then shit, I done dropped more songs since that. I just got another music video back today from my editor though. I got like probably three, three, four music videos in the vault right now. I'm probably just right dropping, just re dropping. And how good does it feel to actually just start dropping all of this stuff that you was probably sitting on? It feels good. It feels good. It feels very good. I mean, I could have been doing it, mm -hmm. you know. I just, my mindset, I was just thinking differently in the past. In the past, I'm thinking, okay, you know, build up momentum for each song, two, three months, you know? But the rap game's changed. The attention span on the internet is like, you know what I mean? You got a job, you know what I mean? You, you, you drop a snippet for a song and try to promote it for two, three months, two, three months later, we, we ain't even worried about it no more. We done heard another snippet that we like, we waiting on. You feel me? I'm just dropping. I'm just trying to adapt to the 
you know, speed. It's like you got to adapt to everything because, you know, now we got TikTok. So it's like everybody's like, okay, you got to put this on TikTok. You got to do this to this song. Woo, but you, you got a momentum on TikTok. Yeah. Okay, so when you first got on there, like, what was it like for you? We're like, what the fuck is this? I ain't, ain't going to lie. I got to give big shout out to, to my manager, YC. He go crazy with the TikTok. That be him, honestly. Like, I'm not even that good at it. Like, I'm still learning. <laughs> I just really? recently started getting on the, cause I'm like, all right, you know, we done built it up to this. I can't just still not be on her and just let it go to waste. You know, they gotta see my mm -hmm. face. So I'm like, all right. Just lately, I've been trying to get on that. You know, but um, he be having all the ideas. He knows. He knows everything about TikTok. I'm I'm learning right now, so I'm trying to do little sounds, you know, that I like or whatever, or try to do stuff that I think's funny that they not gonna delete or get, I'm not gonna get in trouble for, you know. Mm-hmm. But I like it though. It's definitely a, it's, it's definitely like the young audience, like the kids, I like that. Because <laughs> it's, it's basically like, I get on there and I, it's something I can connect straight to my younger, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just did a little TikTok with my little sister yesterday and she went to school and called me, she was like, everybody, like, seeing you all. Is that your brother? Oh my God. Yeah, because all the little kids be on TikTok, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It'd be different if we just did a They be on working Instagram. at shit too, like, they be knowing how to edit, like, yeah. all that stuff on TikTok. That's what I don't know how to do for real, like, because I be seeing very creative TikToks. Mm -hmm. I be like, damn, I want to do that. They make shit zoom in and all the type of crazy. <laughs> they be like five on TikTok already knowing how to do these special effects. That shit be crazy. Yeah. So it's safe to say that this year you come in crazy. I'm trying to, for sure. Definitely, I'm gonna do my best. You're going to because like, you know, as you grow, your music gets better. As you grow as a person, your music gets better. Everything around you gets better. And you know, you working on yourself, you growing. And God gonna bless you. Running, mm -hmm. running. Now, before we wrap up the interview, do you have any advice for those who may be struggling with mental health? Uh, try to be around your family. That helps, you know, for those that's like less fortunate and don't like, for whatever reason, don't got access to their family. Try to just like get up and just, even though like I know it's hard cause I swear like, I be having to force myself, for example, to like get up in the morning and, and run just first thing in the morning. You know what I mean? Even when I don't feel like it, I just know if I, when you do it, you're gonna be like, all right, I'm glad I did this. So just try to do stuff, like regular life stuff, just have fun, whether it's go bowling, go running, I don't know, paintballing, anything. For real, for real. Get some sunlight too. First thing in the morning, I always get sunlight. Take showers. That shit feel good. I ain't gonna lie. Like I might be in a bad mood. I take a shower and I feel like I just like, you know, got that off me. We know you do the self care because them nails be done, okay? <laughs> and I try to keep them clean. You know, girls don't like talking to niggas with dirty nails. You know? That is very I disgusting. Yeah. For a dude's nails to be dirty underneath, like that's just not like. Mm -mm. Yeah, I don't like that shit. 
I don't like when my nails looking like that, man. <laughs> Wait, so just real quick, I know we're supposed to wrap up, but touching, we was talking about you getting your nails in and your haircut in the club. So in those moments, did you already plan it or you was looking at your nails like, uh-uh? No, I ain't gonna lie, like, cause I had like a walkthrough to do in LA and I was on my way there. And I was like, damn, like, feel me? Like, my shit's looking bogus, you know what I mean? Like. I'm like, my haircut's looking bogus, you know. So I called a barber, called a nail tech. And I was like, yo, can y'all meet me at the, at, the, at the strip club, you feel me? They pulled up. I just got my shit done while I was there. Plus, I already knew, like, you know, there was a lot of, there was, like, a lot of controversy about it already before, you know. About so your I, nails? Yeah, so I was like, you know, I might as well show people, like, you know, it's not just something I'm going to do on the internet. Like, I can do this in person, too. Like, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed about. Right. You know. Well, I'm glad you take into consideration about us because that dirt underneath a nigga's nails is not it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. Actually, now, females got to have their nails clean, too, though. I ain't going to lie. There'll be some girls that might be having some dirty nails. Like, for <laughs> real, you'd be surprised. <laughs> Well, all right, we about to wrap this thing up. Do you got any shout outs? Shout out my fans. I love y'all. I'm nothing without y'all. Yeah, shout out my daddy too, for sure. What about that? I be thinking about my sister. Oh, my granny know I miss her. No, I'm gonna go back and get her. Get her, I think I can get her. Mama told me get my fist though. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.